Okay, I think I am too. Greetings, and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, before we get into today's podcast, I want to ask for five-star reviews. If you leave us a five-star review, ask a question in that five-star review, give us some feedback in that five-star review. If you have one-star feedback for us, if you give us a five-star review, I will read that on the podcast. So that's the quickest way to get negative feedback read is give me a five-star review and I'll read that. You said a five-star review. You mean a one-star review. Nope. Give me a five-star review and then I'll read the negative feedback. (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have an Apple device, Apple Podcasts is the best place to give us those five-star reviews because that helps the show grow. Um, If you do not, you can reach out to us over at talkwithhistory.com. And don't forget to check out our other podcast, The History Buzz, which are going to be reviving here soon, and we're going to get some really cool guests on. Yeah. The History Buzz, where we interview folks while chatting about history over a couple of drinks and let the conversation wander where it may. Now, the video we're going to talk about today is one I use as the perfect example of evergreen content. Because what makes Walk With History videos stand out is that we go to all of the locations that we talk about. And this location that we're going to talk about tonight, our very first president pulled off one of his most daring and infamous victories. So Jen, why don't you tell us what we're talking about? So we're going to talk about Washington Crossing. And I was super excited to be there. I think it's evident in the video how just excited I am. Uh, We open up with kind of an interesting shot we hadn't done that before me across the delaware river that was like one of my favorite things to try it was neat but you don't i'm talking and i'm talking real time and you can't really see that because i'm so far away yeah Um, so so to to set the stage a little bit we literally i drove across the delaware you on the jersey side i was on the jersey side jersey side and i was on the pennsylvania side right and, and so we opened the video with him filming me with I, I got my longest lens that I have. It's 250 millimeter, right? A little bit behind the scenes here because we talk about some of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So I, I actually had to text you. Yes. I had to text you. OK, I'm set up. I had to get you in camera and it was raining. It was raining. It started raining. So and, I, and my that lens is not a it's not an expensive lens. So it's not like super waterproof. So I'm like trying to cover it. Sure. And I'm trying to zoom all the way in. And I, I wasn't sure if it was going to work because the wireless mics that we have, they've got limited range. It's like sure. 400 yards yes. or something like that. Yes. And so I'm, I'm setting it all up. So I text you. I'm like, just just start talking. And luckily, when we got back and I recorded it, mm-hmm. your, your audio was recording locally on the, on your yes. wireless mic. Thank and you. so that's how I, I used that audio. I synced it up. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit, but you get this across the Delaware. This is what they crossed in wintertime. So that's kind of, and I, I'm very demonstrative because yes. you can't see me. And I, I open um, with Thomas Paine. These are the times of Tri Men Souls because he actually wrote that two days before the crossing of the Delaware. Yeah. So I open with that because I really wanted people to, if you don't, you know, to sense the urgency of that battle and to get the 
daringness of it, how wide that river is. And yeah. if you can think about it in the middle of winter with all the ice patches, yeah. just what a strategic move it was and how risky it was. But George Washington was really, you know, he was trying to take that risk because he needed the payout because the morale was so low at yeah. that point. So he needed a decisive victory. And he thought this was going to give it to him. And it did. It really did. This was a so, so wait, so, so set the stage for the more general history person who doesn't really know kind of where they're at in the war right now. It's 1776, been at war for um, about a year, de- declaring independence, um, 1775. And Washington has been pushed back from D.C., all the way down into New Jersey, across the Delaware into Philadelphia. And they've been, the British have really just pushed them all the way back. And when they cross the Delaware, they are so fearful that they're going to come after them that they take all the boats. That's right. Off of the Jersey side. they take. Yeah, and we do a good job of kind of showing where they hide them. Yes. And they hide them. There's a little river, a little island inlet. inlet, yeah, inlet. And he hides all the boats behind this little island inlet so you can't even see them. But at that point, the British and the Hessians, so I say Haitians <laughs> in the video, and, we, and Scott corrects me. I do. So I actually, so I didn't, I obviously I didn't know while we were recording. And so I, she started saying this, and I was like, I'm not sure that's that's right. And I was like looking up some YouTube videos, and so I actually look up how to pronounce, and then I type it in, yes. and it's the Hessians. Hessians. So she King saying, George she kept III the Haitians. had paid... Uh, troops for hire he paid germany for troops and so the hessians are who is helping fight with the british and that's who's pushing back and once they push the americans or the the continental army across the delaware they kind of just i wouldn't say give up but they're like eh, you know it's it's November, December. Let's take a little break. It's well, it's, cold. it's it's winter time, and you and if you think about how battle was done at that time, yes, the very traditional like let's line up and get yes. to the battlefield. And your so, are paid so in in the winter in the winter time, they're not really going to do that because yeah. it's like nobody wants to do this in the winter time. Yeah. Everybody's cold and miserable. That's why there were like encampments for the winter valley yep. forge, and they would dig they, in and they would settle down for a little settle bit. Down, yeah. so they don't come after the Continental Army when they go across to the. Pennsylvania side, they don't come after them. And that's where George Washington kind of builds up his idea over there of what to do, because they need to build morale. But one of the neat things we discovered while doing this video is the legend of Sleepy Hollow. The Headless Horseman is a, is a Hessian. Yeah. It, was it from this? It, no, it's from another battle but up it's, north it's one of those soldiers. York, yeah. But he's a Hessian That's right. Soldier. I forgot about that. So we actually, put a, we the, actually put a clip. Yeah, from the American Revolution. Yeah. And so that's the term if you watch the whole video. Yeah. Comment. Yeah, Sleepy the Hessians. Hollow. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, but I never realized that's who the Headless Horseman was. I didn't realize he was, uh, he's not even a uh, Continental Army. Right, he's, he's German. <laughs> he's German. No wonder yeah. he's mad. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's mad, so he's riding around trying to fight his head. Yeah, he's like, I he came just wants here, to go home to Germany. I'm paid. I just want to like, go home. Yeah, just, it's it's October, right? <laughs> give me, I want to go home to Oktoberfest and uh, give, you know, give me my head back. Yeah, so that's a little history for you. But, um, so yeah, so by Christmas Day, they're over here on the Pennsylvania side, uh, 1776. And George Washington thinks we need this 
we need a, a strong victory. And he comes up with this idea to cross on Christmas Day. And they cross, I think it's they start crossing at 4pm on Christmas Day. And they don't get everyone across till 3am on the December 26th. And, and one of the cool things that we got to do, we didn't just go to the spot, right? There's there's a whole park and there's a mm-hmm. museum and there's all this, there's these tours. Yeah, it's a national and, historic site. And so we actually go to some of the sheds and we, we show video of it, of the, of the kinds of boats that they actually cross the river in. The National Historic Site has been there since the 60s and they have, uh, they recreate this crossing every Christmas. Yeah. So if you want to go see it, you can Is go it, see it. Do they do it during on Christmas? They do it on Christmas Day. Oh, really? And so they have recreations of the Durham boats, but they're 20% smaller, but they are what they would look like. And that's kind of where... You can see what the boat looks like. I show you what one of the cannons looked like because they transported 18 cannons across the river and smaller cannons, lighter cannons. And so I show you kind of what they would fire. I show you the grape shot. So grape shot is about the size of a grape metal that they would bind together and put in the cannon. And so when it fired out, it fired out in all directions. And, and, and it's it's interesting too, again, to kind of to, to stop and pause when you look at this grape shot and you're like, okay, they're doing this to cause more damage, yeah. right? It's like, there's, there's some movies, well, there was a John Travolta movie. I forget what it was, but they, you know, they have ball bearings, right? It's like, it's, it's like shooting oh, yeah. all these, shooting all these ball bearings out. That's essentially what it is. What, but what yeah, grape ball, shot bearings was. ball bearings are smaller. Grape, shot grape shot's a lot bigger. Yeah. And so they're designing these things. It so would you, kill you. When you see this and you're like, man, they shot this out of a cannon. Mm-hmm to basically kill more, like the brutal yeah. kind of warfare that out, they did. hit your arm or hit your it leg. Was, it's, that was one of those weird things. I was like, oh my gosh, like they're shooting this out of, like that'll that'll kill anybody or anything mm-hmm. that, it, that it hits. It's not, that's not gonna like hit you and not cause damage. Yes, and it's, I mean, of course they use cannonballs as well, but the grape shot actually got more, more damage. Yeah. Um, but what else we show you in that inn, uh, in that, the, the Durham boat in or shed where they house them is the, the actual flag that they used. Yeah. So um, Emmanuel Lutz's picture, which we talk about in the beginning of the, the video, the, the famous, the famous, famous picture that everyone would know. Everyone, it's George Washington high in the center of the picture. They're crossing. You see the ice patches. You see the other men sitting lower. And actually the person holding the American flag is James Monroe, the fifth president. Now, James Monroe was part of the crossing, and we'll talk more about him, but he was not on the boat with George Washington, although they did know each other. Um, But that flag is not made by Betsy Ross until 1777. So in 1776, what they have with them, the Continental Army flag looks like a Union Jack, a British flag, with red and white stripes. So just like the American flag, and in the corner is the Union Jack, and that's the flag they would have. Yeah. Um, so that's and, that's the one difference, yeah. right? If so, if you see that famous Washington crossing, in fact, that's our our YouTube channel header, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a ghost image of that, yes. with the with the flag. Um, that's would, the that's yeah. the incorrect flag. It's not so that painting was done in eight, in eighteen fifty one, and Lutz, who's French, you know, he was so proud to the French to be a part of this American Revolution. Yeah. There's thirteen men on the boat for the thirteen colonies. And no, there's no seats on a Durham boat. So that's what we're showing you. These boats were really used for commerce to, to get goods and cattle and 
iron ore across the water. So there's no sea. It's not for comfort. Right. And so in that painting, people are sitting. There's nowhere to sit. Everyone's yeah. standing in a boat and those kind of And things. also one of the things that was really cool too is they actually, so in the little museum, museum part that you can walk through in the visitor center area is a picture of a more modern day picture mm-hmm. of the Delaware in wintertime. Yes. Right? And they say like, this is probably what it looked like. And it's basically all just ice and like a little mini icebergs and yeah. snow. Yeah, so it's ice and, patches because it's a river. Yeah. So it's not going to be solid ice like a lake. It's ice patches where the ice is formed, but the river is still yeah. flowing. So that part of the painting is correct where yeah. they're pushing the ice patches out of the way. And that is, is exactly what it And, and like. that was, it was just cool to see like an actual, like someone took a photograph probably mm-hmm. five, 10 years ago of the Delaware when it probably looked similar and you're like, oh my gosh, like I could, I could practically walk across that, you know, maybe not quite, not quite to that degree, yeah. but it was, it was cold, right? They had to be careful because, you know, they could damage boats and it, it took, like you said, it took them all night. Yeah. So it's, they started, like I said, at 4 PM, they get across at 3 AM. They've, they've gotten 2,400 men across, 18 cannons across, 50 horses across, it's 3 a.m. and they haven't even started the march to Trenton yet. Yeah. So. And how far is Trenton from? It's from there? it's 11 miles. It takes oh them God. eight hours. So from 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. they march the 11 miles. They split, and they they engulf Trenton. Now, this is the day after Christmas. The guys have been partying all night. They've kind of let their guard down. It's a misty morning. It's 11 a.m. This really works in Washington's favor because as they come around and they get their sharpshooters out, they're so close in vicinity. Even though there's only 2,400 men, the the, he- the Hessians think that they're surrounded. Yeah. They think they're surrounded from all angles, which they're not. But they George Washington has strategically put sharpshooters in every direction. And... They're not ready. They're drunk. They're hungover. Yeah, it's Christmas night. Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. So they, it, it really isn't much of a fight. Yeah. They, they, and even, even like the lead general on the Hessian side, mm-hmm. I think he, they just he surrendered. even he was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm like, nope. Yeah. So not. they captured 900 people. Yeah. So then they take them and they get 29 officers, which they will hold. And we talk a little bit about the McConkie Ferry Inn, and I'll talk more about that after this. They hold the officers in the McConkie Ferry Inn in the attic yeah. to, to um, trade. Oh, that's right. We filmed right there. Yeah, yeah. We tr- they traded. This is a, just protocol with fighting in that time. You trade officers that you have captured back. And but they take the 900 captured men and they prayed them through Philadelphia. Yeah. And it builds such morale. And it did what George Washington wanted it to do. It showed the people we are winning. We are going to we're being successful. Thank you for your money. Thank you for your taxes. Thank you for supporting us. We are endeavoring to win this war of independence. It's so interesting to me, right? So we've mentioned it briefly. I'm in the military and Mm -hmm. I've gone through some military school and stuff like that. And they talk about different levels of understanding, right? And they have the the tactical level. Washington put the snipers and the sharpshooters in the right spot around the Hessians. Mm -hmm. They talk about the operational level, which is the next level up, which is getting people across the Delaware. Be like, now's the time to strike. We can do this. We can go take them. 
this is going to build our morale. And there's the strategic level, which is the highest level of kind of military planning, which is the morale parading them. He made the decision to parade them through the streets because he knew strategically it would just really like bring all the American side together. He needed this victory. And like when I opened up with that Thomas Paine quote, it's because this was a moment of history. People's enlistments were running out. Washington was going to lose all these men. He knew he had to do something fast. No one's going to reenlist. And this was such a blow to the British army that Cornwallis was supposed to go back to London for Christmas. And he... He's like on the ship going back and he turns around because he realizes this is a real fight. Yeah. Like he's, he's like, oh, yeah, I can't just turn my back on this Washington guy. <laughs> yeah. So it really is. For George Washington, the strategy behind this was really great. And so when we talk about the McConkie Ferry Inn and we go there, yep. George Washington has Christmas dinner with his officers there before they start the crossing. So they start the crossing at 4 p.m. So he's eating relatively early with his men. And this is like, he's going over the plan one last time. And this is what we're going to do. And there's the marker where it says Washington crossed here. And I tell you that the mark has been moved a couple times because no one knows exactly where George Washington crossed. But the men 2400 men are crossing from all different locations. Yeah. And, and if side. you ever go there, and you can see it in our video, Right, twenty four. I mean, two thousand four hundred people mm -hmm. crossed the river. So obviously, there wasn't one spot. They were all along the riverbank. Couple of you know, must have been a couple, many of these boats right. back and forth. And the way a ferry works, I had talked about how a ferry works with the rope going around a tree on the Pennsylvania side and a rope going around the tree on the New Jersey side, and you basically pull the ferry back and forth. So they're using that as well, not yeah. just these boats, but they're using the ferry line. Now there's a bridge there. Yes. And you drove across it. And that bridge was put up in 1904. But it's a very cool way to be able to go from one side to the other because both sides are part of the National Historic yep. Site. Yes. And so you want to make sure you go to both sides and see what it was like, you know, before and after. Yeah. And mo most everything is on the Pennsylvania side. Mm -hmm. um, the the museum is. Yeah. And uh, and then on the other side, you can walk the the road where the the army marched, but it's more the historic buildings are on the Jersey side. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was just so interesting there, and that's this is why I talk about right. I said in the intro, this is the true evergreen content because Washington Crossing that will always be that it'll always be that spot. Right, it'll always be there. And so to me, that was so cool. Like even where you said he was having dinner with his men. I don't know if the structure of the building or that was was obviously not probably not original. But no, that spot people. right there mm -hmm. was where they did it. Like George Washington, right? President number one. Christmas Day. Christmas Day. Uh, number one on that list, right? <laughs> was sitting right there with his officers Saying, a couple hundred years ago. He's like, is, okay, guys, this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. That was, that was kind of neat. And that's yeah. what they kind of really do a good job of of driving home while, while you're there. Yes. Just how strategic he was. So I talk a little bit about Monroe. Monroe is the fifth president. He's going to school at William & Mary. And he's in school for a year and a half when he decides to join the Continental Army. And that's when he meets George Washington. He meets Thomas Jefferson. And... He fights in this battle and he actually almost dies and he severs an artery in the Battle of Trenton. Oh, I forgot that. And Washington is so impressed by that 
that he advances his rank, gives him his own brigade. And, and it really is a lot for Monroe. It really does build up his esteem. So it's, it's neat that Monroe is in that painting because of who he is after the fact. But at the time, he is still also making a name for himself. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And I don't, I think I, I think I forgot that. It's hard for me to put into words how neat it was, like just truly being there. Some of these locations that we go to are like, I'm there and I'm in a museum or I'm at like an old fort. It's like, okay, this is this is kind of cool, but everything's built up around it and stuff like that. Um, but this this one was just one of those ones because you're like, here's this river, right? Yeah. The river probably hasn't really changed that much no. in a couple hundred years. Like it's it's still the same river, right? Maybe the riverbank has changed a little bit, but but not that much. Um, yeah, and the land doesn't look much much different. I think they had a cannon there too, like Lafayette's cannon. Yeah, that's right. right. And then they say they fired it again when Lafayette came to visit because he did his tour yeah. after he came back to America, and that was neat to see his cannon as yeah. well. So if you ever get a chance to get out there, it's there for you. And if you can see the recreation, they'll actually use the authentic flag. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And we showed pictures of what the modern day crossing looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not always snowy, right? Even though it's on Christmas Day. So Washington crossing the Delaware will forever be memorialized, not just in the world famous painting by Emanuel Lutz with Washington striking a pose, but because George Washington was the kind of leader that pushed for the unexpected and was not afraid to be at the forefront of the uncertain. So thank you to listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think they would enjoy today's episode. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow. And we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.